Yes. And Christine is able to do doctor things that um, <laughs> fix the blood problem that's happening in his chest and then stitch him up. I know what stitching is. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, watched enough Daredevil. God damn it, Frank Castle. Stop it. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madams Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. Hello, everyone. We've returned from our very, very long break. I don't know. 30 seconds or so if you just listened to part one of Doctor Strange. <laughs> or like maybe five days for us. Yeah, about that. Recording five days later, yeah. I can barely count on a calendar anymore, so I will take your word for it. <laughs> so when we last left Doctor Stephen Strange, he was begging to be allowed back into Comertage. Yeah, and we were discussing how I would be standing there for 10 hours trying to get in. I would still be a ball of goo, shaking and crying probably <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> on the steps. Well, yeah, and a lot of goo would be coming out as well. Indeed, yes. But the Ancient One, we could say, has a change of heart or decides to just make it look like she's having a change of heart. But in actuality, letting Stephen into Comertage as she planned to all along. That's what we think. Correct. And to be fair, if she doesn't change her mind, then movie over. Shortest movie ever. <laughs> so he's brought into his new quarters here by Mordo, giving him a little tour, mm -hmm. along with uh, the Wi-Fi password, because we're not savages. I love that bit. I really did. It's one of my favorite <laughs> lines in the movie. Yeah, yeah. The look on his face is priceless. Yeah, and it's still continuing this trend of he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Yes. So is this my mantra? <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought the same thing, honestly. Mm -hmm. As far as password security goes, not the best, but better than password. Yeah, Happy Hogan. Come on. Exactly. Get yeah. with the program, dude. Head of security, my ass. <laughs> So Strange learns that all of these sorcerers harness energy from the multiverse in order to conjure their magic. Yeah, and that magic looks really nice. The effects are just fantastic. It is. We can't is. say this enough. True. And here is when we meet the faithful Wong. God, I love him. <laughs> yeah. And he is just not taking any of Dr. Strange's shtick. No, very much like a librarian. That he is. True. Yeah. I always think if the internet ever collapses, I'd probably be a librarian. I can see that. Yeah. Not because I want to help people take books. It's just because I can read all of them. You would be more like, I think, the librarian on Loki, who just has zero time for anybody's bullshit and just doesn't give a flying fuck. Yeah, and especially if Tom Hiddleston shows up, I wouldn't give him a card. 
this is another great scene too. Adele, Eminem, Bono. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for Oprah. <laughs> That's a good point. He's more of an Oprah generation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this goes to show for people who haven't necessarily seen him in other things, Benedict Cumberbatch can be very funny. Okay, I can see that. Again, I've only seen him in Sherlock besides this. Right, right. Well, I have watched a lot of press tour footage of him as well. Very, very funny guy. Go watch him on mm-hmm. the Graham Norton show, guys. Specifically, there is an episode of him and Chris Pine together that also involves Benedict Cumberbatch leaping across the stage at an enormous teddy bear. Go check it out. It is well worth your time. (laughs) So strange to the surprise of no one is just powering through these books as fast as he possibly can. And it's all about acquiring knowledge for him, which reminds me of somebody I may know. So starting with Doctor Strange, we have decided that we're going to actually put our webcams on and look at each other while we record. For the last two years, we weren't doing that. And now I am regretting that decision. (laughs) If looks could kill through the screen, I would be as dead as the ancient one. (laughs) So he's soaking up all this information, but Strange still just doesn't get it. This magic, these powers and capabilities are about so much more than just knowledge. It is, but knowledge doesn't exactly hurt. No, no, but he's got tunnel vision. Yeah, true. He's going at it in the same way as he did with his medical career. Absolutely. He thinks he can do everything the same way. This is not a man who likes change. True. So while Strange is working his way through the library, Caecilius, something snake-like about his name, I like it. <laughs> Makes me think of uh, Severus Snape too. Caecilius and his gang are planning an invasion. Yes, and for some reason they're doing their shit in a church. That I didn't notice. Okay, or don't recall. I'm not sure which. Well, churches have good architecture, so in terms of the you know the moving of the time and all that space and all it it looks beautiful. Okay, makes sense. The acoustics, potentially, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So out we go now for some more practical application of things. But uh, Strange is having some problems because he is suffering from what we now know of in the world as a limiting belief. And that belief is that he cannot produce magic in portals because his hands are damaged. Right. And also a part of him wants to blame his hands because he's not able to perform. It's like during this montage period where we see him struggling, it reminded me a lot of how when we're in school and we have exams and someone's already finished and someone's like writing furiously and you feel just dumb and you don't know jack shit. So a part of him I feel like wants to blame his hands as an excuse otherwise it would seem like it's a personal failure well I think he's also quite aggravated at this point because he's like well I've taken in all this knowledge I know all this stuff but I still can't do it and he's never encountered that problem before 
Correct. So he has all the theory right now, but the practical aspect of it is where he's struggling. I understand where he's coming from. This was me in chemistry in 10th grade the entire year. (laughs) Only, you know, that's not fair to Strange because he is at least comprehending all of the knowledge he's taking in and not just sitting there staring blank-eyed pretending I absorbed any of it. See, I love chemistry and biology because I asked so many questions. Of course you did. God help your teachers. I pity them. I truly do. They, they loved me because I actually took an interest. Everyone else freaked out with all those preserved animals. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I watched four episodes of Daredevil this week. I can't take any more. That's enough. Oh, wait till we record. So I love this scene because it is one of those ways that we can relate to a character doing something insane like magic, but it still makes so much sense in our own lives. Everybody suffers from limiting beliefs of one Mm -hmm. kind or another. Most of the time in life, if there's something we want to achieve or something we want to accomplish, something that isn't happening for us, a lot of times it's because we're holding ourselves back in some way and we don't realize it. Yeah. And once we figure it out, it feels like a light bulb moment and it just seems possible. Everything seems possible. And Strange's light bulb moment comes from the brilliant ancient one. God, I love this woman. <laughs> what does she do? Does she does she sit there for an hour and talk to Strange about his feelings and get him to do something like EFT tap or do some meditation? No. She didn't need to do that because she happens to have a master with a missing hand. Correct. Yeah. And I think it works better with Strange in that way because talking to him is not going to change his mind. Absolutely. It's it's the same thing as throwing him out of his body and into the universe. Exactly. And then to give him that little extra push, she sends him to Mount Everest. Yes. Yes. And this, again, is one of those things. That is simple, but not easy. And that is surrender. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for anybody to come to this realization that surrendering to something that's happening to you is the only way to get through it or overcome it, find what you want. But for somebody with an ego as strong as Stephen Strange, God, I just have so much respect for what he is able to do here. Yeah, this was his breakthrough moment. His Oprah aha moment. (laughs) Yeah, I can actually picture Benedict Cumberbatch saying that. Not Doctor Strange. Oh, yes. And he's done stuff like this, too. He has done a lot of like metaphysical and spiritual work and done a lot of travel like that himself. So Mm -hmm. this role fit him in that regard, too. Okay, good. I'm so proud of him when he comes through that portal from Everest, because I know from experience how difficult a thing it is to do. There is a point you reach, like, you have to fight for your life. But at some point, you've got to know when to stop fighting and just surrender 
it's a it's a very difficult thing and a scary thing to find. But once you understand that surrender is not weakness, surrender is not giving up. That's when you can really come into your power. That was the day my life changed completely when I realized I had to stop fighting. When I realized that in continuing to fight for my life, I was fighting against my body. When in fact, I had to surrender to what was going on and work with it. And that's what Strange does here. Yeah, this is a little too high for me to respond back to. I'm still in the fighting stage. I shall get back to this when I reach the surrender stage. <laughs> and you just have to love the way that Tilda Swinton and Shiwetal Ejiofor play this. They are perfect in waiting yeah. for him to come back. Yeah, like so from the front, she seems perfectly calm, but we get a scene with her flipping the fan behind her, <laughs> behind her back and... Mordor is like, oh no, not again. And he's ready to do his magic to bring Strange back. But she says, nope, wait. And well, it, it's like within an inch of his life, but he does come back. Yeah, that fan is her version of a sp uh, spidget spinner. A fidget spinner. <laughs> I can't talk today. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. So we've got to make another trip back to the library here. And I love how stoic Wong is. It's a great performance, even though there doesn't seem like there's much to it. Yeah, yeah. But he's this perfect foil for Strange. He is. And we can see that he does like him. That's why he's actually entertaining his bullshit. Mm -hmm. But he's still keeping his distance because he's just a student. I don't know if he likes him yet, but he respects him. Fair. And, you know, it was at this point where I realized, wait a second, we've got a guy named Wong playing a guy named Wong, mm -hmm. whose name is also Benedict playing against a guy also named Benedict. It's a little meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prior to Benedict Cumberbatch, the only thing I'd heard named Benedict was Eggs Benedict. Well, you're not an American, so you wouldn't have heard of Benedict Arnold. Famous traitor. Famous traitor? Yes. During the American Revolution. Good to know. Not really. Pretty useless information. I'm full of it. I always like knowledge, like I said. You know, knowledge is not power in this case, but sure. Well, Stephen Strange definitely thinks knowledge is power. And mm -hmm. he is learning very quickly. This motherfucker learned how to astral project himself so he can read while he's sleeping. So my question is, how jealous were you? On a scale of one to ten, one being not jealous at all, and ten saying, I want to do that, um, 15. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that would really, really make life so much more easier. I'd be editing through the night while I'm snoring. That's true. Oh, I didn't realize the possibilities for us for this business. Uh-huh. Let's get you some books. Nepal, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> and what Strange is also doing, which I wholeheartedly respect, as I'm sure you do too, Em, he's questioning all the rules. Yes, he is. 
so Nepal is primarily a Buddhist country. And in Buddhism, one of the primary tenets is question everything. Don't just follow blindly. So it makes a lot of sense. And I understand where he's coming from. And here's the thing. The ancient one isn't bothered with his questions. It's Mordor who is. Right. Because she is secure in herself. She is secure in her position. And knowing that Strange needs a safe place to train as he's advancing so quickly, she gives him the mirror dimension. And all I could think was, training wheels protocol. (laughs) Yep, true. Makes sense. And with what you say about Mordo, he's such an interesting character. And you can really learn a lot just watching his reactions to everything going on around him. Edgy 4 is great. Yeah. We understand that he's a little too attached to the Ancient One. Yeah, he is. He calls Caecilius and his troops fanatics and zealots. He himself is a fanatic. Yes, you're absolutely right. He's kind of no different from what we see in the real world. We see all, you know, the MAGA assholes who watch Hannity every night and cheer along with him. But then on the opposite side, you have people who are kind of just as bad on the far left who are rooting on Bill Maher or, you know, other like evangelical atheists and just awful people in their own right, where neither is healthy and neither Correct. neither sees it because they're so righteous about their own position. And I also think Mordo is is more dependent upon the Ancient One than he realizes. Dependent how? Emotionally. For his own validation. Mm-hmm. And to her credit, that's not on her. She is not egging him on in any way. She's not a cult leader, I guess is what I'm trying to say. She mm-hmm. doesn't have a hold over her people Everybody can come and go as they please. She's just a teacher and a good one. And yeah, it's not a teacher's fault when sometimes students get to be a little much. Yeah. And also you could think about it as transference with therapists. It's not the therapist's fault if a patient develops feelings for them. Great point. And in a way, if you think about it, Yes, the ancient one isn't someone who is very touchy-feely and talks about your emotions, but she is helping you through a difficult time. It's something that they say in the movie that a lot of broken people come to Kamartaj. Right. She gives them the tools they need to figure it out for themselves. Correct. So even though she's teaching them, she's also helping them, healing them in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. So we get a great fight scene here, sparring match between Strange and Mordo. Excellent way to give us exposition about Caecilius. Yes. And keeping it entertaining. And this is the first time we see Dr. Strange really comfortable with his magic. Yes. So the gist of this little exposition is that Caecilius wants to summon Dormammu and he wants to essentially destroy the various sanctums so that Dormammu can take over. And the reason he's doing that is because he's experienced some serious trauma. He came to Kamartaj because his family 
and his loved ones were killed. We don't know the details of that, but his goal is everlasting life. Yes, and Dormammu promises this in a way, and he wants to bring darkness upon the universe. It's basically Thor the Dark World, but in a way that makes sense with a villain who's actually a character. (laughs) So what we also learn here is that sometimes magical energy is too much for the body to handle, so they have to imbue objects with it instead. We've got some boots, we've got a stick, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, so for our RPG fans, this is like, you know, magic items, plus one armor, etc., etc. Oh, okay. So Mordo tells Strange, don't worry about it, buddy. One will eventually choose you when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Right. And when that happens, it's quite hilarious. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> but Mordo's getting pretty intense here. And we can see yeah. from the look on her face, the Ancient One is getting, I wouldn't say worried about it because she already knows what's coming. Mm -hmm. It's like this grim look of inevitability she has on her face. Yeah. And I also think a part of it is how will Mordo deal with it? Because he's so protective of her. Right. And that part she can't see because she's dead already. So now it's back to the library where Strange just cannot help himself any longer. It's time (laughs) to break into those off-limits books. Yeah, well, technically they're not off-limits. In fact, Wong takes it out and shows it to him the first time they they talk. They're off-limits because he doesn't have permission. Let's put it that way. You need permission, and he doesn't have it. Hmm. And he definitely doesn't have permission to start fucking around with the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, that's true. But he does anyway. Indeed, and you can see it on his face. Ooh, look at all that power. Yeah, yeah. Very dangerous. Did this remind you of anyone? This is Tony and Ultron. This is knowing what power and capability you have in your hands and knowing Mm -hmm. all the potential for it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Tony couldn't help himself. I think the difference is that Strange has people here in charge of him, in charge of this place to hold him back. They're capable of that. Tony didn't have anyone to do that. Yeah, and also I think Strange knows that he doesn't know everything. But with Tony, he's comfortable in his knowledge already. That's true. That's a really good point. Strange is out of his element. Mm-hmm. No matter how much he's learned, he still feels like he's new. He doesn't know. And he's from what we see, it seems like he's learned a lot in a very short period. You're right. You're right. They've done enough, though, to deflate his ego. Nobody ever deflated mm-hmm. Tony's ego. Yeah, true. So he finds a spell involving Dormammu and eternal life in the dark dimension. What could go wrong? Yeah, you know, not space-time continuum, life as we know it. Multiverse breaking open, Ah, no worries. It's, yeah, all no biggie. All because you fucked around with an apple? (laughs) Yeah, so pretty quickly, Wong and Mordo burst in with the what the fuck are you doing? 
Yeah. Yeah. Had they not, I wonder what would have happened. Probably the movie we're about to see in May (laughs) or something close to it. Well, true. Then Brightside, we would have seen the movie earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where we learn there are three sanctums in the world. Mm -hmm. We have Hong Kong, New York, and London. And the ancient one's a little worried about the sanctums. Yeah, because Caecilius wants to destroy them all. Yes, because Dormammu is coming. He is beyond time, the conqueror of worlds. And he wants to feed on humanity. Yes, and the sanctums are the only thing saving the world. The last light of defense. And first, I guess. (laughs) So they explain to Strange that Caecilius stole the spell to contact Dormammu and draw energy from the dark dimension. You know what this is like? Let's say back in like the 80s or 90s, if you ripped a page out of somebody's like address book Mm -hmm. and took all their like phone numbers and addresses and you were just fucked because that was all you had. Yeah, true. (laughs) But in this case, the ancient one already knows about it. She knows how to do the stuff. So the gist of all this is, hey, buddy, there's a war coming. And guess what? You're here and you're part of it. Yeah. And that is something that he isn't comfortable with. He said he just wants to heal and go. Kind of like what Pangborn said happened with him. Yes, he's definitely pulling a check, please. Yeah. And after all of that, his hands are still shaking. Yes. And this is where we really understand his motivations. All this learning, all this practice, it hasn't been for the sake of magic. It hasn't been for anything altruistic. We remember, oh, right. He's just been doing this to try and fix his hands. Correct. And that, of course, is when Caecilius and the gang decide to drop in for a visit. Yeah. So the alarm goes off and the London Sanctum is under attack. And London very quickly falls and Caecilius is attacking Kamartaj. That is when Strange gets thrown into the New York Sanctum. Yes. And oh, I love this sequence. It's like a museum. It is. There's all these magical objects on display. The set design is fantastic. I love the whole atmosphere of the Sanctum. I think you and I both could be very happy there for some time. With our books. Yes, yes. Not just books. I want to know more about those items. I don't want to use them. I just want to know about them. (laughs) And of course, uh, the one object we definitely see there is the good old cloak of levitation. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. So here comes Caecilius, and they did a great job with the makeup on these zealots, didn't they? They did. It's obviously makeup plus CGI for the eyes. You can see the dark energy pulsing in his eyes. Yeah, I mean, or maybe not, because I think Mads Mikkelsen might just have that creepy power on his own. It's entirely possible at this point. You shut your face. (laughs) He's a nice guy. I think. (laughs) (laughs) So Strange intervenes here. Not really... For the sake of the magic fight, it's self-defense at this point. Yeah. And 
he's not really thinking things through. He just went with it on instinct and he is struggling against these professionals. Oh, absolutely. He's a freaking doctor. He doesn't know what he's doing here. This is not a man who's ever been in a fight. No, absolutely not. And even the spells that he's trying to use, they're like the basic spells. He's like barely scraping by. Yeah. And here's where we get the best bit in the movie. It's so perfect because it's organic. It's not contrived. Mr. Doctor. (laughs) It's strange. Perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. And all said and done, yes, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, yada yada. But you can't help but make puns with his name. Of course not. I can't. I can't for sure. It would be strange for me to not make puns about Doctor Strange. Oh, so we're using our made up names. (laughs) So we get this incredible fight sequence. Gravity is just all over the place. There is no gravity. Well, see, that's again, my lack of scientific knowledge. I don't know. I know there's something happening with gravity, but I can't really (laughs) articulate it. Yeah, everything's moving topsy-turvy. That's the best scientific explanation one can give. Pretty much. And yeah, it's it's trippy. It's fantastic. I love the bit where Strange is running and he's just running in place. Yeah, very cool. That's the kind mm-hmm. of shit where I'm like, how do they do this? And part of me doesn't want to know because then it gets ruined. Like seeing how they do a magic trick. I... Of course, I know you want to know if everyone could see your face right now. Yeah. No, I know already. I'm just contemplating whether I should say it or not. Don't ruin it. Don't burst my bubble. By the way, there was this show called Breaking the Magician's Code a couple of years ago. I loved it. I watched all the episodes so that I could figure out how all those those magic tricks were done. Okay, Boomer. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Look, I'm feeling old enough as it is, all right? Don't put me in babushkas and call me Buddha. (laughs) So, Strange is about to go down here when he is saved by his new best friend, the Cloak of Levitation. (laughs) And when he levitates up, fantastic way to introduce his character. Oh, it's amazing. It's straight out of the comics. Yeah. Guys, if you haven't actually seen like a cover of a Doctor Strange comic or see what he looked like in the comics, just Google a picture really quick and you're going to be like, holy shit, he looks just like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this scene, the score here, I love the score to this movie. I, mm-hmm. When I first heard it on this rewatch, I was like, geez, that sounds really familiar. And it took me about five minutes to realize that this score and this moment in particular are very Star Trek. And sure enough, I checked. The composer of Doctor Strange, Chris Giacchino, worked on two of the Star Trek movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, that piece is very similar to when the crew comes together all as they're supposed to be with Captain Kirk at the helm at like the end of the movie. Those big musical stings. Right. Okay. Now, you know what really freaks me the fuck out more than anything in this movie? More than any of the flying around, the gravity stuff, all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. This fucking body bind contraption that he puts Kaecilius in. Yeah, yeah. That's nicely done. It is. Very nicely done. 
Yeah. I tell you, you want to scare the shit out of somebody who has all kinds of joint and muscular problems? You show them that thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty convinced that was some kind of medieval torture device. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the things they cooked up during like the Spanish Inquisition or the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Could be. And this is a great scene here between Caecilius and Strange. It's one of those, we're not so different, you and I, kind of moments. Yeah, it is. And also, and this is, I think, the most he speaks in the entire movie. Yeah. Caecilius. Mm-hmm. And this is where we finally see his motivation. It's basically about his loved ones. He doesn't want anyone he loves to die. And at its core, I mean, you get where he's coming from. You don't want to lose people you love. Yeah. And he's also very smart about this in how he tries mm-hmm. to persuade Strange to come to his side. He uses the seduction of eternal life. And, you know, that's an old trope, but it works for a reason. Yeah, true. When it comes to eternal life, my brain always goes immediately to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. We can right. we can agree that Caecilius chose poorly in the end. <laughs> and the other strategy Caecilius uses is he tries to appeal to Strange as a doctor who is offended by death. Yes. Who thinks he can cure death. Yes. And that makes perfect sense. Because a doctor, especially someone as egotistical as strange would want to think that he's capable of conquering death not for himself but for his patients yeah and and getting the acclaim for that going down in history as the man who solves death yeah and i don't think his head would ever fit anything inside anything ever again no and that's the key here the reason he doesn't fall for this is because again they have deflated his ego enough he hears himself, he hears his own ego in Caecilius's words and mm-hmm. realizes how dangerous they are. Yeah, and also there is this conflict with what he knows the Ancient One is teaching him versus what Caecilius is telling him about the Ancient One. Mm-hmm. Yep, because here's where he tells her, she has been channeling dark magic just like him in order to stay young, ostensibly to keep protecting the multiverse. Correct. But in this case, he portrays her as selfish and that it's Dormammu who's the savior. Right. Yeah. You can see Strange, you know, grappling with this. He doesn't know what's true, what isn't. And he chose to go with the Ancient One because you can definitely see him shaking a little bit. Absolutely. And it definitely helps, too, that he hasn't been with the Ancient One nearly as long as Mordo has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have blinders on. Right. And, you know, this is why I feel like Mads Mikkelsen deserves a little more villain credit for his role in this movie. He's really good. He is. He absolutely is. In fact, I think he should have been given more screen time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with you. But then again, I think the movie is just right as it is. 
It is, but he's so fantastic. It's again, it's the Idris Elba thing. I want to see more of him. I get it. So Caecilius decides here, like any good villain, all right, if you're not with me, you're against me. So step, step. He got him pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's bleeding pretty badly. But before Caecilius can finish Strange off, he is saved once again by a piece of fabric that has more personality than anyone in Eternals. (laughs) I cannot argue with that. No, it's like a sweet little creature. I love this thing. Yeah, me too. The cloak of levitation is like the robot arm in Iron Man. Yes. Yes, the puppy bot. Yes. They both have the same adorable energy to them. Yes. And now a word from a podcast for all you music lovers. Hey there, my name is Michael Amund, and I am the host of the Pedestrian at Best podcast. We are a topical show that discusses music, film, and culture through the lens of musicians, often with jokes. We have guests that will intrigue and make you laugh as well. Check us out at pedestrianatbestpodcast.com and join the fun. And speaking of energy, Strange has just enough to make a portal. And this again speaks to the trust and respect he has Mm -hmm. in Christine. He goes straight to her to save his life. Correct. Yeah. And he is a doctor. He's not going to think about magic to cure himself when it comes to a stabbing. You're right. Yeah. And he wouldn't know how at this point. Yeah, exactly. He's still, he's still a newbie at this whole thing. So he stumbles into the hospital and meets Christine and good Lord, Poor thing, I really feel bad for her in this whole sequence. <laughs> she is fantastic here. Especially yeah, she is. when uh, she reacts to his astral form. We know there's nothing there. That Rachel McAdams is reacting to nothing. But she'd never know mm-hmm. it. Like, she's perfect. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just found the scene so funny. I think she was the perfect antidote to all the heavy stuff that was going on before. So for her to come in to be a little bit of a comic relief, but not be made a fool of. Exactly. Yeah, she does. She's the hero here in every sense. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. And it's almost like we're laughing at the ridiculous of the situation, not her. Correct. And also we would react in the exact same way. Yeah. Well, no, no, we shouldn't say that. Yeah, I'd pass the fuck out. (laughs) well yeah true but this is an er doctor who's seen and in new york no less she's seen some shit she deals with high pressure high stress situations all the time so it stands to reason she'd be able to deal with this yes but seeing the astral version of your ex-boyfriend coming out of the mirror dimension while he lays on your operating table dying is a bit much Yes. Yes, I agree. But it also, you know, in that way speaks to the strength of her character. And she is freaking out. Yeah, she is. And it's funny. It's very, very funny. Yeah. So not to be outdone, one of the zealots is able to uh, follow Strange in astral form into the hospital. And just when you think Mm -hmm. things can't get any more ridiculous, they do. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they have an entire fight in astral form while while Christine is saving Strange's life. But he's not making it easy. True. Yeah. With all the stuff shaking around, I was worried. I was like, why don't you go out, you know, out of the building? You can pass through walls. Go out and fight. Don't destroy medical equipment. That shit's expensive. It's like when my husband and I are laying on the couch and the dogs are playing right on top of us. We're like, go. You have the whole living room. Move. (laughs) Go wrestle on the other couch. Yeah. And I have to point out here, not only is Christine handling all this like a champ, but she's also taking a huge personal risk here in treating him and upping those paddles. Because yeah, yeah. if he dies, she's fucked. Yeah, because she didn't need to give him a larger jolt. In fact, that could have led to arrhythmia. Yeah. And how is she going to explain all this if he dies? And mm-hmm. it really shows how much trust she has in him, too, and his abilities. Yeah, true. But thankfully, it works out that Jolt of Electricity manages to fry the other dude. Yes. And Christine is able to do doctor things that um, (laughs) fix the blood problem that's happening in his chest and then stitch him up. I know what stitching is. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, watched enough Daredevil. God damn it, Frank Castle. Stop it. (laughs) Wait till we reach the Punisher. La la la, I can't hear you. So now we get a very necessary and I think great heartfelt conversation here between Strange and Christine. Yeah, he apologizes. Yes, and it's a very genuine, sincere apology and it's not about him. Yeah, that's true. And she is surprised with his entire one could say personality transplant. Yes. And this is where we also learn she never responded to any of his emails. And I say, good for you. I think we got a gist of that already. There was a scene where he was writing to her and then he cut it off. He, you know, deleted it, basically. I got the feeling that she didn't reply back. I hadn't thought of it then, but they definitely confirm it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why should she reply? Why should she even bother opening his mails after the shitty way he behaved with her before before he left? Exactly. And this is where uh, Strange takes something out of the Ancient Ones book. And he's like, all right, I could talk to her about this till I'm blue in the face and tell her there's magic. Or I could just make a portal and show her. Yeah, well, the portal was already there. That's the one that he came through in the first place. Right. And he tells her everything. He is being 100% truthful, but obviously she's not going to believe him. Who would? Yeah. Till she sees the portal and, I mean, her mind must have been running a mile a minute. He walks through and poof, the portal disappears. And that broom falls down. (laughs) It's the perfect button on the scene. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Breaks the tension perfectly. And, you know, that's one of those moments where I wonder to myself, did that just happen? And they kept it? Or was that scripted? I've seen the behind the scenes bit of this. And yes, it has to be scripted. Otherwise, 
the angle wouldn't work. Oh man. All right. Well, I burst it <laughs> off of your bubbles. I guess it's only fair play. Mm-hmm. So we head back to the New York Sanctum. Caecilius and his gang are still on the loose. And uh Strange really doesn't want the field promotion that the ancient one is about to give him. Yeah. I don't blame him. No, me either. He's not a warrior. This is all no. new to him. Yeah, but the thing that he says about I'm a doctor, I'm supposed to heal, not harm, and all of that, which is, you know, true, but that's not the reason. We know he's just bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. I broke my oath. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where the Ancient One gets right back in his face again. You became a doctor to save yourself, buddy. Nobody else. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't some altruistic thing. If Christine was saying that, then that's a different story. Mm -hmm. And here is when Strange pulls out his wild card and confronts the Ancient One about the dark energy. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't deny it. No. And it's clear Mordo can't quite handle this. Yeah. He doesn't want to believe it, and he doesn't at this point. No, not yet. He's coming from the place of there are much bigger things at play. You have to sacrifice, you know, your own life, your own happiness, whatever, for the greater good. Mm -hmm. Which I understand where he's coming from, but he's going at it in a different way. Right. And I couldn't help myself. It just popped into my head, you know, because of both. Cumberbatch and Edgeofor, two Shakespearean trained actors who have been in God knows how many Shakespeare productions. This is a moment of there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Really? Mm hmm. Nothing? Crickets for Hamlet? Never read, never played, never seen any of the Shakespeare stuff. I don't know you anymore. <laughs> Mordo just rips into him calling Strange a coward, saying he only cares about himself, and he's not wrong. True, yeah. The question is, you know, is it right or wrong for Strange to want to go back to his life versus fighting for the multiverse? I don't think that's a matter of right or wrong. I think that comes down to personal choice. Yeah, because it is personal choice. The Ancient One never recruited Doctor Strange or anyone else. Right. They all came to her. Correct. And then it's their choice to join in this fight if they want to. Yeah. And again, she isn't forcing him to join the fight. If he wants to leave, she's not going to stop him. Yeah. That's not who she is or what she stands for. Yeah. So I never realized till this moment just how similar what Strange is going through here is to Peter Parker's arc. This whole concept of power versus responsibility. They tell him he was born for the mystic arts. He has this innate talent. And because of that, Mordo is telling him he has an obligation to protect reality, to protect the multiverse. And it's the same thing with Peter. Getting bitten by the spider, getting his new powers gives him those abilities that he feels obligate him to help others in need, to save lives. 
And this actually makes me feel differently now about the choice Strange makes in No Way Home to help Peter. At the time, I thought it was just Strange's ego that was blinding him to the dangers of casting that spell. But I was wrong. And I owe Stephen Strange an apology. There was compassion in there for a kid dealing with the same kind of struggles that he dealt with. All right, fair. I understand that. I won't comment on the No Way Home aspect of it. But when it comes to Peter and his decision, the obligation came from within himself. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Strange, the obligation is coming externally. True. And the only reason he got roped into it was circumstantial because Caecilius attacked at the time and later on the ancient one dies. And then he f- then he felt the obligation to take on and protect the sanctums. Well, that's just one of the reasons that Peter Parker is a better person than Stephen Strange will ever be. True. Yeah. And so I think with Strange too, and... Amy will see this for herself since she's finally seeing No Way Home on Sunday, is I think, I think part of Stephen Strange also really admires Peter Parker. Probably. So Strange still isn't quite sure what he's going to do, how far he's going to take this. But for now, he goes after Caecilius and he thinks he's real smart with it. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, because again, he has a limited amount of knowledge and tricks up his sleeve. He just put him in a mirror dimension, which backfired royally. Yeah, a little knowledge can be a very dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. This is another incredible sequence. All of this reality bending, fighting and running through New York. It's just mind blowing and nauseating for some of us. Yeah, in fact, I was speaking to a friend of mine earlier on and I said, I'm watching Doctor Strange and then I'm taking a break because I have to record tonight. And she said, yeah, I get that. You know, after watching that movie, you you kind of feel a bit dizzy. You need to sit down. Okay, sure. I loved it. But yeah, in this fight, you feel like, oh shit, Strange and Mordor are going to be dead. And right at the very last moment, the Ancient One arrives. With her magical fan. Yes. And I just love the fact that a stronger woman has to come in and save these two men who are outmatched and outwitted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Mordo is absolutely devastated because now he can't deny it. He sees for himself the Ancient One channeling dark magic here to keep Cassilius and the Zealots at bay. Yeah. Yeah. And this time she's using it very heavily because we can see the scar on her forehead for just a little while but we do see it yes and in the fight in this crazy melee here she is stabbed yeah so she's stabbed and she falls and she's really badly hurt yeah so i just do want to say this you guys have heard us get very upset with the killing of women as tools and devices in other movies. This is not a Frigga or a Gwen Stacy kind of moment. This would have happened whether the Ancient One was a woman or a man. Correct. Yeah, so she isn't a plot device over here where it's giving strange motivation to go and do something. He's already motivated. 
Yeah. This just cements it for him. And she had to die for him to be Sorcerer Supreme. Exactly. And again, like we said in part one, keep in mind, the Ancient One was a man in the comics. So this is absolutely not fridging. Mm -hmm. So like he did with himself, Strange rushes the Ancient One to the hospital, straight back to poor Christine, who's got to be tired of this shit. Yeah, yeah, with all the people wearing the weird clothes and weird shit happening. And this is a great moment we have here. The doctor we saw at the beginning of the movie who Mm -hmm. needed Strange to come in and kind of save the day there. He's here and Strange steps aside and lets that guy handle things. Correct. He gives him the scalpel, which is a huge thing for Strange to do. Oh, yes. This is his moment of acceptance. Yeah. This is him showing us that he understands he'll never be a surgeon again. He has a new calling now. That and this is him finally accepting that it's not about him. It's about mm-hmm. the patient. Right. Yeah. Really good point. The patient right on the table. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is what she meant by surrender. Yeah. So while her body's being worked on, the ancient one uh, takes a stroll in her astral form along with Strange. If I could do that, I'd do that all the time. <laughs> Can you imagine how much money you'd save on travel expenses, seeing the world in your astral form? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And you don't have to stand in line to go into museums. You just go in whenever you want to. I mean, flip side, you could end up like the kid in Insidious and wind up with your astral form stuck in a hellscape where as your body is in a coma and you are fucked. Amy is now looking at me blankly because she has never watched a horror movie in her life. I have watched horror movies, for your information, but that one I haven't and I do not intend to. I will keep my fantasy astral projection thing going for myself. And I will not judge you for that because I made the mistake of watching that movie and didn't sleep for a week. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't know how long the Ancient One has been alive. But she accepts her death here with such grace and dignity and honesty because she says, I've lived so long and I'm still not ready. Yeah. And she's so wise here in the last advice that she gives Strange. She's spot on. Fear of failure stops so many people from achieving great things. Mm -hmm. In his case, he pushed so hard that failure was not an option. In many mm-hmm. cases, people don't even try because they don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. And this scene between the two of them, it's more than, you know, teacher and student. It is friend to friend at this point. And it reminds me so much of the conversation that Mobius and Loki have at the end of episode four on that show, where Mobius says to him, you can be anything you want even something good. And we can see like, this is a guy who's never heard that before. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing here with Strange. I don't think anybody's ever said to him, you have so much capacity for good. Probably people told him he was destined for greatness, but nobody ever told him he was good. Right. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah, there is a big difference. And he's always thought of himself as being capable and being superior 
in things, but not internally being good. Mm-hmm. Just a good person. Yeah. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to do to be both a great person and a good person. Mm-hmm. And this is truly the moment of choice here. Yeah. This is the moment where he either runs away or takes on the role completely and goes and does what he has to do. And here's the moment where the ancient one and Tony are really parallel with each other. She was channeling the dark energy to protect the universe as long as possible. She saw Mm -hmm. the ends as justifying the means. And that was the same thing Tony did with Ultron, a suit of armor around the world to protect it. Correct. But the big difference between the two of them was that the ancient one didn't, as far as we know, hurt anyone. Yes. You mean she didn't create a murder bot that that tried to destroy Earth? No. (laughs) And we also see what a strong leader is because she understands that there are countless shades of gray in the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mordo is too rigid. He sees everything in black and white. Yeah. And that is something that he just does not understand and which is why he goes down the path he does. He is a fanatic. He just doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she tells Strange, you cannot defeat Dormammu alone. You need Mordo. Mm-hmm. And now, time for her to go. Yeah. And you can see how much her death really affects Strange. It does. It really does. This, I think, is probably his first real connection he has aside from christine but that also had he had kept a certain distance yes i agree and now it's time to say goodbye to her yeah and i just can't stress enough how brave i think this choice is that he's making you know Mm -hmm. there's no going back from this choice like there is for peter parker who can just Take off his suit, throw it away, and just never be Spider-Man again, and nobody will be the wiser. But when you sign a contract to protect the multiverse, that's a little different. (laughs) Yeah, and I truly believe that at this point, he doesn't think it's a choice. He knows he just has to do it. And the other part I understand here is, you know, on a much more personal level, It's this idea of even positive change, any change being scary. Strange knows now that he is about to take on this mantle and become something greater than he could ever have imagined he could be. He's the friggin' protector of the universe, you know? He's about Mm -hmm. to take that on. Right. And it doesn't matter that it's this amazing thing. It's still the unknown. And I totally get it. You know, when it comes to to those of us who have known, you know, serious illness for so long, sick may suck, but it's what we know. Yeah, exactly. And that can apply for abuse. You're stuck in a situation, but it's all you know. Better the devil you know. Yeah. So like healing or escaping, you know, means potentially a whole lot of change in every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And who can that be scary? Yep. Strange is is basically jumping off a cliff here. 
Yeah, essentially. With, without a net, without a net or a parachute. Mm-hmm. Good thing he can astral project if he crashes in the birds. <laughs> and I love the power that Christine has and shows in this moment. She is happy for Strange that he has, you know, made this emotional progress that he has changed. Mm-hmm. But that's it. What's done is done. Christine can see that Strange wants to be with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wants to continue, resume that relationship. But uh-uh, buddy. What's done is done. She stands her ground. And nothing has to be said. What's great is they show this by having her kiss him on the cheek instead of the lips. Yeah. It's very well done. The scene is very well done. And also... A part of it is also, I think, for Strange, it's kind of like that one familiar thing. He's going Mm -hmm. into this whole world unknown, but having Christine by his side would give him that comfort of that something familiar. Yep. But she's not going to be used and she's not going to be somebody's security blanket. Yeah. And I got to say, the trailer is making me a little nervous about Christine. Why? In that wedding dress. Mm-hmm. You don't know who she's getting married to. We don't. And I swear to God, if it's Stephen Strange, our Stephen Strange, I'm going to lose my shit. You don't even know which version of Christine that is. Oh, that's a really good point. Okay. Okay. You know why I'm so nervous? It's Sam Raimi that's making me nervous. That's why. (laughs) Because of his track record with women. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm so nervous about it. Okay. Okay. You're calming me down. Thank you. That helps. Mm -hmm. And I respect Strange too for not pushing her on this, for just Mm -hmm. accepting it, recognizing his mistakes and understanding he has to move on. Yeah. Truthfully, through this entire movie, he's never really pushed her, but he has pushed her away. Yes. When you truly love somebody, if they don't want you, you let them go. And that's what he's doing here. The mature thing. Yeah. For once. Yeah. But he does get a little comfort Mm -hmm. from his cloak. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And in this moment, I was like, oh, my God. The cloak of levitation is Becky, my cat, who is incapable of just sitting on my lap without also pawing at my face. (laughs) or nudging my face with her nose she just won't stay the fuck out of my face (laughs) but in this case the cloak of levitation is actually just wiping away some tears it's nice it's sweet i just totally understood him in that moment he's like stop it (laughs) (laughs) so now it's time to head to hong kong because that's the last sanctum and kaecilius and gang are invading yeah but by the time strange wong and mordo reach there it's too late yeah and mordo is not exactly a happy companion that's putting it mildly but he's there to save the world that's about it yeah he can't get past what he sees as the ancient one's betrayal and was it hypocrisy yes he's not wrong about that Mm -hmm. and he has this great tagline here the bill comes due. Right. 
He is not wrong about that either. Yeah. All magic comes with a price. So yeah, by the time they get to Hong Kong, Dormammu is on his way. Yep. Half of Hong Kong is destroyed. The sanctum is gone. It's the end of the world. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) And this is when Strange channels his inner share and thinks, if I could turn back time. (laughs) And he can find a way with the eye of Agamotto. Yes, he does. The time stone comes in very handy. And the effects of this were fantastically done. I loved it. How everything goes back in reverse. It's so freaking cool. Honestly, everybody. So I've been uh, working on the idea for the next tattoo that I'm getting in May. And I was actually looking for like different magical images from Doctor Strange that I could incorporate into it. Mm -hmm. That's how amazing these effects are. Yeah. So he turns back time to a certain point where the sanctum is almost put together, but not quite. And that is when Caecilius breaks from his wall and breaks the spell. And we're just stuck in time. So that is when Doctor Strange realizes the Dark Dimension is beyond time. And he figures, you know, he could try something out and he flies away. To bargain. Yes. And he takes quite a while. Yeah, it's a brilliant move. Yeah, he basically quick saves before the big boss fight. Okay. That's when you know if shit hits the fan, you can always loop back and try again. Ah, I see. Which is what he does. Yeah. How many times we see him die at least a dozen times trapping Dormammu in this time loop. Yeah, I'm guessing it was in the hundreds. I mean, we obviously can't see him dying a hundred different times. But right. it's a lot. This made me think of, spoiler alert on this one, everybody, for the movie called The Prestige. This made me think of Hugh Jackman's character at the end of that. The way he was uh, doing his final trick was just to kill clones of himself over and over again every night. It was mm. horrific. Okay. But this time we get here out in the multiverse is fantastic. It is. It's like Beetlejuice in space. (laughs) Okay. Without the bugs. Thank God. Yeah. But I don't know. In this entire movie, when we see the multiverse, there is a certain texture to it. It feels fungy. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm in Whoville or something. Yeah, like germy. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like a vast thing, but you're actually looking through a microscope, which makes sense in a way, in a philosophical way. Oh, here she goes. No, no, that's all. Wait, you said philosophy. You said philosophy. Put on your babushka. Put it on now. Fuck you. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) So, Strange has finally realized. It's not about him. And he is willing to keep Dormammu, his prisoner, trapped in this time loop forever. Unless he leaves Earth alone. Correct. And eventually, Dormammu gets very tired of watching the same thing over and over again and decides to bargain. Yes. So he removes Caecilius and the other zealots. They take off in their Prius and head out. (laughs) 
Yeah. And time returns back to normal. Hong Kong is restored. The sanctum is restored. Yeah, and we have such a great moment here. You know, Strange here has a good point. It's kind of Caecilius's fault that he didn't know about the dangers of what Strange did here because he didn't take the whole spell. He said the warnings come after the spells. And Wong just thinks that's the funniest thing he's ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That probably could be the, the adrenaline wearing off as well. <laughs> Maybe. You know, hysterical laughter. Well, he's loosening up a little. He's been listening to Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. And Mordo kind of brings them back to Earth here. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> he's worried about the consequences of what they just did. He's right. They, they broke natural law and the bill comes due. He says that so well. Yeah, he does say it so well, but I can't help but think he's a bit of a party pooper. <laughs> but I think Multiverse of Madness, uh, just the existence of the movie tells us, uh, he's right. Well, at the time for that movie, he was a party pooper. Well, he's even right outside the context of the multiverse. Look at Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You could say the whole premise of that show is the bill comes due mm -hmm. based on the decision the Avengers made to bring everybody back. Yeah, there are consequences. True. Yeah, I agree. Everything that happens, there is some sort of consequence, good or bad. And I can't help but think, would the multiverse of madness have happened had Mordo been around to keep Doctor Strange in check? Well, here's what I'm wondering is like, how much of the events in this movie led to the breaking of the multiverse? Did it start here? We don't know. And things built up over time. Mm -hmm. And two, like, we don't know at what point in time if there even is a point in time, because it happened outside of time, someone kill me, please, that Sylvie killed Kang, or he who remains. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the true catalyst is for the breaking of the multiverse, because we, we don't know what ha how that happened relative in terms of time to No Way Home. And oh, Relax. Uh, relax. Brains, are, brains are leaking out of my ears. I'm done. Relax. I'm done. Or what if there is no catalyst for it? What if it happened the way it was supposed to happen? I'll go along with that just because that would quell the Sylvie hate that's out there for what she did. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And isn't that coming back to your philosophy? And yes, I shall put my babushka on. <laughs> of surrendering we are constantly fighting and arguing about who caused this mayhem what if it was just meant to be and all these points happening converging together is what ha made the multiverse happen in the first place maybe yeah and also like the ancient one said it all leads to this one point. Well, from what we've seen in the trailer, I think it's safe to say that Mordo is of the mind that this is entirely Stephen Strange's fault. 
Which is understandable. Yeah. I just love the final shot of this movie. Doctor Strange in full regalia heading up those stairs with that beautiful score. There's something poetic about this moment. Yeah. Yeah, it is. His hands are still shaking, but he's still wearing Christine's watch, too. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder what he's thinking in this moment. And I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful moment where, first off, his hands are shaking. It tells us that he isn't giving into the temptation of using dark energy to, quote unquote, heal himself. That's an excellent point. I had not thought of that. Yeah. And another part of it is that even though he is embarking on this new journey, this new chapter in his life, he isn't forgetting where he came from especially the things that were important to him. Yes. Yep. So then there are two post-credit scenes for this movie, only one of which we really need to discuss because the first is the little tete-a-tete between Thor and Doctor Strange that we'll discuss when we get to Thor Ragnarok ahead of Thor Love and Thunder, which is currently slated for an August release. Mm -hmm. It's the next scene that's important. Yeah. We come back to Pangborn, who is working in his workshop, and Mordo shows up. Yeah, and oh, this is so fucking cruel. Yeah, it is. It is. Any sympathy I had for Mordo was lost here. What a bastard. Yeah, he he's completely unhinged at this point. Mm-hmm. Whatever was holding him together, I think, died with the Ancient One. Yep, I agree. She was his conscience in a way. Yeah, true. He sees Pangborn as an energy thief, as Mm -hmm. undeserving of the power that's coursing through his body. So he takes it from him. Yeah. And he didn't need to. He wasn't doing anything. He was just living his life. Yep. And this is the greatest fear of anybody who's ever been seriously injured or seriously sick. Mm-hmm. of losing your health and going back to that oh my god it's yeah. that's the fear yeah yeah and mordo's explanation for this oh too many sorcerers yeah i can't wait to see him again in multiverse of madness yeah i'm just wondering how many people he's killed in the time we see him at the end of this movie to multiverse of madness He's Magic Ronin. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of is. I don't think he's going to be terribly pleased with Wanda either. Oh, that's going to be a showdown. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'm going to love every second of that if that is if that happens. Yeah. And you know what I think Wanda would say here about what he did to Pangborn? Doesn't seem fair. True. See. She doesn't say much, but she will eviscerate him. Or Uh I hope she eviscerates him. I can't put into words how excited I am to see her in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That is a movie I am 100% going to see in a theater. Yeah, at this point, I don't know if I'm going to be seeing it alone or seeing it with my husband because there's a chance he might be out of town. But that's one of those times where the marriage rules just do not hold. Sorry, buddy. You're on your own. Not waiting for you. (laughs) So, yeah, guys, we have no idea 
when we'll be putting out an episode on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It could be months, you know, given that it takes a while to be released on Disney Plus. Or we could feel the need to scream our thoughts from the rooftops and have to record about it, like, right after it comes out. We don't know. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is just, you know, subscribe to the podcast now so that you don't miss it whenever the hell it comes out. True. Yes. Because whenever we cover it, it is going to be madness. Pun intended. Yeah. And we do want to mention, guys, so we are recording this today on February 18th. We have very exciting news that we will be launching our Patreon in April. So tune in for our upcoming series on Daredevil Season 2 for more information about our Patreon, which shall be called the Sanctum Sanctorum. (laughs) It's uh, the Baltimore Sanctum because, uh, you know, London got destroyed. So for anybody who didn't know, they rebuilt here in Baltimore. True. And also in another universe, there is a Baltimore Sanctum. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the powerful cities in the world. Yeah, yeah. Charm City, right. (laughs) Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week on Location in Hell's Kitchen. Because we're starting our series on Daredevil Season 2. And like I said, guys, we're recording this on February 18th. There's a lot of rumors going on right now. At the end of this month, Daredevil and all the Marvel Netflix shows are leaving Netflix... And we're 99% sure they're going to Hulu. And will there be more seasons? We don't know. So check in for our Daredevil series, guys, for more info on that. Yep. In the meantime, come chat with us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams. Whether it's Daredevil, Doctor Strange, please enable me. I beg of you. Yeah, yeah, enable her. She's going a bit nuts, especially when I'm not helping her out at all. (laughs) (laughs) And for more content and our blog, check out our website, themarvelousmadams.com, where infinity stones are a girl's best friend. So we left. So we left. So when we left last, last. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> the hell was that? I can't speak. I'm Daffy Duck today. So when we laughed, (laughs) I'm getting this out. I'm fucking getting it out.